Hello and welcome to the Fence End Podcast. I'm here with some usual podcasters and uh, we'll just go around and introduce ourselves. I'm Liam and to my left we have... I'm Paul. I'm Kath. I'm Liam too. Matt. Fraser. Lovely. Uh, we've got our swear jar in the middle um, and that is a pound for any swearing and two pounds for um, a few things. The C-bomb. Oh, right. Oh, there's drinking. <laughs> there's a sound effect. <laughs> there is a, a soggy pound. So enjoy that sound effect when it happens. Um, yeah, double tax for any C-bombs um, and for the name of the place down the A420, which will be fun come the end of the podcast. So since the last podcast, we uh, had Boxing Day. Um, fortunately, I wasn't able to make it, as I mentioned on that last podcast. Did you all enjoy yourselves? I had a wonderful time. Yeah. It was just great. Yeah. Good. They were happy. They were happy. They were more than happy, from what I understand. Yeah. I thought, yeah, Matt Taylor getting everybody in a little huddle in the middle of the pitch. Um, like they just won a big cup tie was a bit weird. But it was like a big cup tie for them, though, isn't it? I mean, it's well, they were a cup final. They, they well, leveled with us on points. It their job, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a few hours. Not for long. But they, they leveled with us on points, so I don't quite get why it was such a big game for them. But, I mean, as it turned out, I they, think uh, because they didn't have any more Appleton points to them. what Appleton said really did get to them. Yeah, actually, on their bus tour or whatever, they were only thinking of Michael Appleton. I know Basically, was anyway. whenever they think of winning the league, they will think of those comments. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, whenever they think of that season when they won the league, all they'll think about is how they got trolled at the end of the season. Yeah. But then they got three points off us and, and no one else since then, or for a long time before. So I'm sure we can move on. And carry generous on like that. It was a meh game. I think that's all there is to say. It was a boxing game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was an old-fashioned Oxford United massive crowd, damp squib mm-hmm. sort of game. Um, and then, of course, of the, the three games that we did the predictions on, this was Matt's time steering away from being four points Matt. So and we got four points. points. No, no, <laughs> I was thinking that. So in future, just stick with the four, and we tend to do better. So that's that's what we'll stick with. So we've had since then: Gillingham, Rotherham. Some might say Scunthorpe. Some might not. Um, and Wimbledon. Most Walsall recently, Walsall was in there somewhere as well. Yes, it was. That was a rearranged. Fixture it's it's easy to forget that game. To be fair, I honestly feel we could have been playing till 2018 <laughs> and not seen a goal. It was. Ugh. <laughs> right, so let's move on from that. And then Gillingham, we won. That's good. Yes, winning is good. Winning is good. Um, and then in, in two, well, one slash two cups, and then we lost to Wimbledon. Who went to Wimbledon? And how did you get there? Did you go via oh, bus or did you drive? Maybe you get the train. So I thought I'd steer away from it. And then you're just looking at me more blankly than when I do the overground underground joke. Like... Like, like if, a Wombles. If game. we had a sound effect department, this is a good time for like a tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> blowing <laughs> through <laughs> the room. <laughs> so the Wimbledon game, very disappointing, um, obviously. By the sounds of it, lucky to only concede two. Well, yeah. that seems to be the general opinion. Yeah, by, by not just fans, but... The, no, the, the, I mean, I listened on the radio, Jerome, um, <laughs> and... It just, it really did sound like all the decent opportunities, like really decent opportunities were for them. 
and that we yeah we were probably pretty lucky to to only lose by a goal. Mm-hmm. I think we could have seen it coming, couldn't we? Because whenever we play a side that's quite physical or you know lot those sort of long ball type sides, we always we always struggle. I mean, those that we've been lucky actually that in this league there aren't as many of them as there are in the league below, but. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do think we went into it thinking they're going to be all physical or whatever, but they actually outpassed us as well. Mm. So, yeah, I think we kind of went in expecting one thing, went ahead, it was like, hey. Well, then... yeah, we actually started all right and just went off the boil. Yeah, that's what's more frustrating, I think, about it that we that we we, didn't we had the chance to sort it out. But thankfully, this time, I don't think you can play the referee. So. Yeah, he uh, might we could find a way. He might we have protected our players a little bit more, but he's no Darren Devlin. No, which still hasn't even its out power, has it, Fraser? Would you like to put out a statement about anything? I like to think, do you see um, Michael Appleton put out a statement um, referring to people say that these things even themselves up a little while ago? And uh, I like to think that was aimed specifically at you, Fraser. He is obviously a listener to the the Fans End podcast. Hi, Michael. Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't say in one season, so across the next ten does it, seasons... Does it count as evening if if it's like, if you go down one year and then get a couple of decent results yeah. in the next we've year? We've evened that... ourselves up, by being in this division, we've evened ourselves up from the last 15 years. <laughs> I mean, I think the initial point I was making, you can, you know, is normally the case, isn't it? This is a bit of a weird year. Normally, they do even themselves up. Are you retracting your previous? Well, Jeremy Paxman. I think, uh, <laughs> I think your previous comment was apart from Accrington. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, definitely didn't even itself out for them. Oh, what the goal, the, the disallowed one. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was particularly. Yeah, hard. they probably don't think decisions yeah. even themselves out. Yeah, so. that was that was particularly harsh. Yeah. But seasons do. They did really well last year. <laughs> A mixed bag from the last few games. It is only two defeats in 14 in all competitions. Um, and they do keep saying that. We've also got a new top goal scorer yes. in, um, in Hemmings. And yet still people seem to be on his case. And Taylor playing fantastically, particularly um, against Rotherham. But he's always going to be a target for some people. Yes, yeah. he'll, he'll always be. A, be... He, he does things that people don't recognise in the game. The holding up and things you always need, but nobody recognises it. It's like somebody in midfield who wins the ball back. If he doesn't do a 40-yard shot on target or a, you know, spread the um, ball across Leave the park style run or whatever. Um, like Lundstrom, then they get ignored. Yeah, I think... But it's just as important. I think some, some fans get an idea in their head and then it doesn't seem to be swayed by anything. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff you get the bad result against Wimbledon and people are all of a sudden again saying, well, Marvin Johnson's not a left-back. Now, whether he was the right left-back to play in that game with the way that Wimbledon play is a different question. But to say he should be playing higher up the field when actually his best performances have come from left-back and both goals. But generally, he's playing at left-back now because that's where we've seen the best of him. Yeah. And Before, actually, we've played very well in other games when he has been overlapping our wingers. Well, since he went at left-back, that was 14 games ago, I believe, wasn't it? That was the, that was the turn in it. I'm not in any way saying Joe Scars is to blame, 
But I'm saying that... It gives us something different. And as I say, yeah. maybe in the Wimbledon <clears throat> game, he wasn't the right one. The pitch is much narrower, makes it hard for him to overlap. And they're going to target the full-backs for the ball, the yeah. higher ball. So maybe somebody who's good in the air, like Joe Scars, uh, would have been a better choice. But that's hindsight. That's really easy to, yeah. to do. But I don't think just going, well, he's not a left-back... Uh, he should be playing higher up because it completely changes a squad. It's not a simple move. It very much changes how we play. Yeah. And if you're Appleton, you don't, you know, he's been in such good form, Johnson. You don't drop him for, for that one game. One then game. again, hmm. you know, you look at Hemmings, scored a hat-trick, gets dropped for the next dropped. game. Yeah, that seems a bit. <laughs> but I really want to see those two playing together. Taylor and, and Hemmings because Taylor is the sort of player who creates a lot of chances Hemmings is the sort of player who needs someone to do that for him yeah. the two of them can make a really great partnership but it then gives you the problem of what you do with Maguire well when we've said Maguire, Maguire is is behind um, Hemmings he's so far behind him there's there's too big a gap to create anything in he whereas just, Taylor fills that gap quite yeah. nicely but Maguire does play. what he wants he's kind of plays a, yeah, role, I think a that, roaming that role both, it's a bit like we had that a little bit at times with um, Kemar that as much as uh, so much of our play comes through him and our chances come through him but then also the fact he does what he wants leaves holes that makes it harder for other players sometimes having somebody who's very rigidly to their position could as a team work out better and maybe Taylor's that that player yeah absolutely. but I think actually probably if you're going to do that then Maguire pushes out wide and it's either Hall or McDonald's that miss out in the current squad um, because then I think Maguire's has played well last season he played well those last six games or whatever oh, it was really all came from wide um, so it's not like he can't control a game from wide. My preference, I think, I tweeted it the other day, what I'd like to see, although uh, whether we will or not, is actually just quite a simple switch at the moment of Hall going centrally and Maguire going wide. Because um, I think having Hall run past either Hemmings or Taylor up front would give us a completely different option that we don't... Because Maguire isn't a pace man who runs in behind. He likes to come deep and get the ball. And that's what leaves that gap. Whereas I think Hall will play higher up the pitch and actually. Yeah. And again, go Hall past. was a player when we had him on loan as a kid. He was on the he wasn't he was a winger then, was he? So. Yeah. Um, and also, I'd like to see somebody running at centre halves rather than just someone direct. You know, there's that old-fashioned way, and it's great to see wingers running at full-backs, but centre halves never want people running at them. And he's shown when he picks the ball up and can get it on his left foot, he terrifies people. Well, we I have had that people problem. People have picked up bookings against him as well. Yeah. That, that's obviously helpful. Yeah, definitely. We've had that problem, though, haven't we, in the last... Well, not, not so much in, in recent games, but over the Christmas period in particular, when we just were not scoring or creating or, <laughs> or doing a lot, we had that... that there, there just was... No one was kind of going for goal. We had a lot of possession a lot of territory and then we were kind of passing around in the corners mm, and going back across the field and yeah you just needed somebody who was going to go straight for goal you know and that's what that's I think that's what if you, if you did move Hall Century that he, I think he would do that he's quite well, done he has that's moment, he? that for yeah. us yeah. last season yeah. you're running beyond yes. he was Cyborg, very good at Cyborg running Cyborg Circum Cyborg Circum <laughs> yeah who's all that you know, coming straight back into it. Yeah, out um, for a season, actually only out for two months. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, there was a really good moment in between Gillingham and um, Oxford first at, at Rotherham where we had two goals in a row. One came from a short corner, which for some reason... 
fans don't trust Michael Appleton in believing that that is a, a good tactic. And then the next goal came from Taylor, which again, people seem to have a real problem with. Um, and then Phil Edwards scored from a, a corner whipped straight in, and he said straight away in his interview after the game, that's because we'd done the short corner a few times and they weren't expecting the long one. So let's, let's trust Michael Appleton a bit. Yeah, it's almost as if sometimes these football coaches know what they're doing, isn't it? And Especially they're not just winging it. highly regarded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't know as much as me and my mate down the pub, do they? No, you know. Tyler Roberts, how, how fast do we bet he's gone? Well, um, well, out of 10, about a, a 2, purely for the fact that we're a player down. He started showing one or two signs in that last couple of games. Yeah, the annoying thing about Tyler Roberts Look. is, the entire time we had him, every time I saw him play, I was like, he's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. And then he came on against Gillingham and was brilliant, yeah. really good. He was only on the pitch for about half an hour, to be fair, but he did really well. And then, of course, he buggers off back to West Brom. So, thanks, that, Tyler. That's been what they've said would be the worry, that we train him for six months and then he goes somewhere else and uses that training to make a difference. So have they said he's definitely not coming back? He tweeted to say, thank you very much, Oxford United. Oh, Yeah, which just definitely sounds like a goodbye. Good luck for the rest of the season type thing. But you can see why West Brom would want to send him somewhere else, because we've given him 15, 20 minutes at most Mm. in games. But it's a bit of a, well, that's because he hasn't shown enough in those 15, 20 minutes to... It's strongly rumoured to be Shrewsbury at this time. New signings. Um, apparently, we're signing someone in the early part of this week. By the time this comes out, it may have been signed, so we might tack something on the end of this, depending on how Fraser's feeling. Discuss how interesting. It depends if it's an interesting signing. Yeah, Emil Heskey. Yeah, we might have a little chat about that. If it's, if it's an 18 year old none of us have heard of, probably won't get an extra bit. Sorry. No. Yeah. Well, some of the names Greg Stewart has been rumoured, who was linked to us in the summer because of. Hemmings in linking up with Hemmings at Dundee, and um, is it Jed Wallace is the other one. It's been rumoured. I'll take your word but, for it. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen any rumours whatsoever. But then I tend to avoid. Well, they're, they're suggestions. They're not necessarily rumours. But that's kind of the way that Hamilton works, isn't it? There are no rumours about. The very few rumours ever turn out to be true, barring Johnson. Yeah, um, yeah, but they just do their work quietly away in the background, so they'll probably pop up and we'll never have heard of them. And, and they'll either be a Dan Crowley or they'll be a Kamar Roof. Mm-hmm. There seems to be no in-between. No. Right, it's uh, Chris McGuire's birthday. Yay. So, happy birthday, Chris McGuire, because we're recording this on Monday, so... It won't be... So if you're listening on Thursday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. what are you Too doing, late. Fraser? Don't, yeah, send, don't send him a card. Yeah. Um, Hopefully the club did and we don't get in a uh, Yaya Torre situation. Okay, so we've had some positive, some negative, so let's turn all neg- negative and Liam too, our sound effects man, would you kindly perform live your jingle? More grinds, more gears. Well... We've got to talk about the stadium. That's going to grind everyone's gears, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. The, the constant issuing of statements grinds my gears. Yeah. I think not only issuing of statements, but demanding of statements. Both of them are equally as bad. Yeah. The, um, so the, obviously, 
we are actually, as Liam said, we're recording on Monday, the day that um, the club have released their, what I would term a slightly pointless statement. Ambiguous statement. Wow. Um, Statement gate, if you will. Anyone who listened to last podcast will know Matt will have issues with that. I do, Hellish. Don't do that again. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't understand what what the club keep issuing statements for now at this point. Um, as far as we're, I'm not okay. Cards on the table. My surname is Faulkner. That does say that I have some form of skin in the game. Uh, Jem Faulkner, chairman of Oxbox, is my uncle-in-law. Um, but that said, I have no extra insider knowledge. That's private between Oxbox, they don't share that information with us. Um, but I, I, from my point of view, I, I don't understand why, as a completely separate entity, the club keep issuing these statements and asking Oxbox to speed up. Or They may be frustrated with the speed of time it's taking, um, which could, you know, could be deemed understandable, but also at the same time, They've, Oxbox are currently, in my opinion, further than anybody else has got with Kazam across 15 years. Um, so, yeah, it might be taking a long time, but let them have a go. That's The general th- opinion I have is that I don't understand what the problem is. I know some fans think that maybe Kazam stringing them along, things like that, but that might be the case. But as long as it's not blocking the club from buying the stadium, which it's not because it's been said... That, that he won't sell to that he won't sell to a single person, whoever it is. Um, then I don't get what the problem is. It's not stopping the club buying the stadium from Kazam because he won't sell to them. It's not stopping them exploring other options because it has nothing to do with that. If they came out and said, you know what, we've bought a patch of land at Water Eaton and we're going to build a stadium on it, Oxbox would go brilliant. That's ex- you know that's what everybody wants is you know a better situation for the stadium. They've got to decide their viewpoint and stick with it as well because they keep coming out with different oh, things. Oh, it's brilliant that Oxfox are doing this. It's a problem that Oxfox are doing this. It's um, We're it's not interested in buying the stadium. It's vital we have the stadium. You know, just make up your mind. You know, <clears throat> we're going... There was um, some stuff in the press. Um, Oxford Mail, I believe, were led to believe that they were looking at players and three of the ones that they were looking at would command fees. In today's statement, you know, they got to question the budget and what. Just decide what you want amongst yourselves and stick to it. And if there's nothing to say, say nothing. That's okay. You know, you used to say that we've got nothing to say about the stadium. So... You know, wait. If we've got something to say, we'll then we'll tell you. That's the kind of the that irony. That's what Ashton like... said. Why can't they accept that there's nothing to say because it's sensitive? I mean, you know that from trying to get coffee for goodness' sake at the stadium. <laughs> well, you know... you know that from everyday life. As I've I said on an earlier podcast, it took me seven months to buy a one-bedroom flat, and that's that's I was renting the flat at the time. And we bought the same flat we were living in. So there was no chain, nothing like that. It took seven months and lots of legal stuff. Imagine trying a 12, uh, buying a, a 12,500 capacity public building with all that risk, with all the solicitors involved. You're not just buying it. You're buying it in a group 
to then rent out to an organisation. There's so much legal stuff. Of course they can't just put out a statement at the drop of a hat because it has to, what can we say, what can't we say? And realistically, if there's nothing to say, which there won't be until everything's sorted, and it will take a long time, like you'd be foolish to think it would take less than six months and that would be rushed through. How much criticism would Oxfox get if they put it all through tomorrow and then in six months down the line we're in a legal minefield because they've missed something. The thing is, the club know this because they've had to deal with it for ten years since since the since you know Kassam sold up. So we we've all, it's not like you know the current ownership have been have been dealing with him for two and a half years. They know exactly what goes into buying you know the stadium and how how fluid the situation can be and how difficult it can be to get anything agreed. Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? Fifteen years waiting to get as far as we are, and all of a sudden it's become, yeah. we need to know now what's happening. But like every, every fans forum, every chance the fans have had to kind of put questions to the owners of the club in, the, in, in all of that time, every single time the question has come up, so what's the latest on the stadium situation? And every single time the answer is something along the lines, along the lines of, oh, things are progressing, but we've got nothing to announce just now. Just be patient and we'll, we'll announce something when we're ready. So it's kind of ironic to see the, the club all of a sudden going, why haven't you announced it yet? Why haven't you announced the stadium deal yet? Like, now you know how we feel. But it does seem, in particularly in the last two or three months, the club PR is just awful. It's sort of the, 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 the B-teams thing when you had Eels come out and said he wasn't in support of it and then the board said they were in support of it and then you had the training ground thing where the council sort of quite rightly called the club's bluff on it and released a statement just after them. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Well, the, the flags they had to oh, come out flags, and say, yeah. oh, we handled it badly. That, yeah. that being said, the, the PR hasn't been great. The, when, um, the whenever, Twitter account is back on four. Yeah. Whenever um, Daryl is on the radio, whatever, you can't help but like everything he says. Well, let's not get... And, you know, if... His statements tend to be fantastic, the way they're worded and so on. Greg, as well, whenever he's on the radio or whatever, he says the right things. and think. So, I'm finding it hard to believe yeah. today's statement is necessarily from them, although Directly. they must have had... I sign on. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there are a lot of people on the on the board of directors, and there's a lot of different views. And to some extent, all of those views are going to be reflected in the in the way the club is run. So, if some of it seems contradictory, it's probably because you know there are different sides. Exactly. But this statement in particular from today is so hot headed. Mm. It feels quite mm. aggressive, it's doesn't aggressive. it? Well, it, contradict, of... it contradicts itself in the same thing, saying that we're behind Oxfox and we support what they do, but you know. It but, should be quicker. But the talk of, of, you know, cutting the playing budget and the academy budget is the thing that as a fan yeah. makes me just go, hang on a second, because two and a half years ago, when you bought the club, you hadn't looked into it. So I don't understand how so quickly, whether it's promotion and actually Daryl's looked at the figures and gone, I'm not sure I can sustain this, whether something's personally changed for him. Um, I, I don't know, but something must have. Well, we know that the club's losing money because that's what they've said, and the stadium has always that. been losing money. Yeah, but the the big thing with that is, oh, we need to change the the budget essentially in the in the playing budgets. Well, 
all that's happened since the summer is we've had a cup run in the FA Cup. We've had two um, cup games televised with three to the fourth round of the FA Cup. So that's, it's, is it quarter of a million now, including the TV rights we've got from that? We're a few games from Wembley in a, a competition that, frankly, we don't really care about, but I believe the prize money for that is a million. I suppose right. in theory they might have lost some money over that in running a stadium that isn't fully full. But I mean, I, I you know, but that's, that's but not that's not be budgeted. too much. I don't claim to be an expert on the acquisition of football clubs, but surely when Daryl first came in, there was a mass amount of due diligence done on. He said he wasn't United. interested and in surely, the stadium side of things. The stadium, surely. They weren't sat in a meeting three months ago and thought, hang on, we don't own the stadium. What, well, they what, have we said, better own that soon? That they have said publicly that they can, they can operate the club without the stadium, that it, it can be done. Because it, all that had been said before they came in was all the previous owners had said the club won't be sustainable until we own the stadium. And that was kind of the accepted position. And then Daryl Hills comes in and says, we can run the club without the stadium if we have to. And now they seem to have well, changed he's, their he's tune a bit. made it in the last few weeks very much you can sustain it at League 2 or 1 standard, but we can't go up. Yeah, we and can't progress. I, I get that. If you can't get into the Championship, that's fine, but nothing's looking to happen in the next year anyway. And it looks like this season, you know, League 1 is, is fine and accepted. And, and quite frankly, that's, that's good after the last 15 years. Um, but today's statement goes against that pretty much. And also, they came in with a five-year plan, didn't they? Ashton used to talk about a five-year plan to at least get in the championship. Yeah. So surely, in we're halfway through that. Four years into that, you need the stadium. Yeah. So if we're halfway into it, uh, what options have they looked at other than the three bids that obviously Daryl's put in? But we have no idea how much those were for. He said that he believes they're an acceptable offer, but whether that's... Like, I think that stadium's worth. Acceptable offer yeah, I think that stadium's worth three million. Well, that's great, but it might be a rundown, crappy stadium with three a, sides. With three, three stands, not three sides. Three sides is a triangle, Liam. It's my pedantic thing that I always pick up on. Um, but yeah, it might be a horrible stadium, and we don't like it, and we don't think it's worth fifteen million or whatever people have spouted. Um, Daryl thinks it's worth three, but when you've got an unmotivated seller, you with what you can get. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Is that Kassam does not need the money and it ultimately lies with him. I'm sorry, but we have to play by his rules. Accept it. Yeah. yeah. And well, I know people don't want him to get anything out of the deal. That's not going to happen. Well, he is yeah. going to get something, whether it's land, whether it's building rights on something that he already owns, and whatever it is, he is going to end up with a good deal. Yes, he's already made a lot of money, but he still is in well, the so bargaining this, position. This Grenoble Road thing, shut up. <laughs> that now. It was it was kind of funny. Yeah, it wasn't funny at first, but and yeah, you can sit there and go, well, because Sam's childish if he gets annoyed at that. Yes, but it's his stadium. Yeah, Daryl's gone out of his way to annoy Sam, and you know, with the Grenoble Road stuff and all of that. I Obviously, think the club there, has, is, there the club has been has. some sort of fallout, and Daryl has kind of that that sort of. Thing with the Grenoble Road, I know that that's annoyed Kassam in the past and he's used it against him. But there's got to be a time, if you want to sit round a table and be involved in these talks and stuff, then you've got to stop with the childish games. On yes. the other hand, actually, just putting, looking at it from the club's perspective, they are the, they are the anchor tenant of the stadium. Should a, should a trust come in and take over the control of the stadium, you'd expect 
the club hopefully to front up some of the money and to and to be a stakeholder in that trust and then when you when you look at it that way perhaps they should be involved in discussions about 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 the purchase as, as they you know are they going to be involved and it's going to affect them I, that I way get anyway. that but there is no legal requirement to be involved and at the point where they've rumored to be in arboration to mm. the point where they're going to court with Kazam it's no great surprise that you don't get somebody who's massively antagonised the person you're trying to do a deal with involved in the discussions. I mean, I've seen people talking about things like, you know, getting, putting Daryl as part of Oxvox and then voting him in to be chairman so he can do the discussions. And it's, I don't... But if if Sam wanted to speak to Daryl, he yeah, would. He would speak to him. Also, Oxvox is an independent supporters trust. It's vitally important that we have... And independent. I can't believe that people forget this from how short a time ago it was when the supporters' trust was so important in you know losing Everything. our club. Um, so how people would say, oh yeah, let's just get you know, yeah, we've got a great chairman at the moment, but it really wasn't that long ago that we were in open war with our own chairman. And yeah. you look at clubs like Coventry and who are screaming for their oh. own. Yeah, Orient, Leeds, you know, there's so many examples of why a supporters' trust is so important. And they're fans who have dedicated their lives to supporting the club. They're, you know, they're twice as old as me on the board and have followed Oxford United home and away their entire lives. They've got so much at stake from their passion point of view. They'd never forget how much the people who are doing that care they're not doing you know everything's in their free time they're not doing it because they're a bit bored <laughs> well, Daryl's a fantastic chairman you know what he's done for us yeah, is, cannot be argued with yeah. and you know he he does have the club at heart and you know fantastic but at the end of the day when you're doing a deal over the stadium Sam has to be there and at the moment, you can't have them in the same room as each other. Yeah. So, if you're going to lose one, it has to be Daryl. And I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. In this discussion, obviously, yeah. not, not yes. from the club. Um, yeah. no, <laughs> in terms of the room. Have we mentioned the idea of um, the, the, the point of having a trust? We um, haven't, but I, I think it's a, it's a sort of valid question until you look at the the facts of it and and as soon as you do it's really obvious that the trust is the way to go because as soon as the club owns but having not, sorry yes. not the supporters trust a separate trust because it wouldn't be oxfox it wouldn't who be would oxfox own the stadium it, it, it would be, be a, a specific yeah. stadium because trust this is the point that i've seen a lot of people saying on on twitter there are a lot of people saying you know get the get get the, the trust out of it and have to have it owned by 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 the football club let daryl do take care of all of that and buy buy the stadium. But the whole point, and I'm sure you know, you guys can talk about it a bit more. But the the point of having it put placed in a trust ownership and and away from the from the club means that it can't be separated like it's it has been in the, the past. Trust, isn't it? It's mm. it's to protect the club. Because although so, Daryl would, you know, you'd trust Daryl that would do the right thing and he wouldn't do it, but the next person after and Darryl, the person after that, and the after person that, after that, that, you've got to protect it for all from all of them, it's almost like this um, right to buy thing that they've got on the same. It's all about protection, uh, protecting yourself. Yeah, and yeah. you have that with a lot of players and stuff like yeah. that. But it's, it's anyone who's saying, what, like Kazam owned it and the club? Yeah, 
exactly like exactly that. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think because Daryl has been so brilliant, and absolutely, we would, with another chairman potentially, we would not be in back in League One. We could be in the, looking the other direction back at the conference. Daryl has been amazing in the two and a half years he's been here. So amazing that I think people have forgotten. You know, and he, Ian Lennigan did okay. Maybe think you know things sour towards the end, but we've had all right chairman for a bit that maybe people have forgotten what it can actually well, be like. Well, Lennon did and do a lot for the youth, didn't he? The yes, um, he did. Youth system. But absolutely, as you say, it's not for Daryl, it's not even potentially for the one after that and the one after that. I've got 30, 40 years left of watching Oxford United, hopefully. Well, I don't want... I would like to watch them for the next 40 years, and I don't want 15 years down the line some chairman to have mortgaged our future on the on a stadium and be back at, at square because that's that's how a lot of clubs get into financial problems there's kind of two ways they do it they don't pay their tax bill or they mortgage themselves to the hill on what assets they have and the only asset football clubs have outside of the playing staff is the stadium now, i don't know whether they're involved um presumably they are but getting the council on board would be huge as well because if you just look at millwall at the moment you know <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a horrible situation. would be very beneficial. And actually, you look at that and, and you realise how lucky we are as a, as a club. A statement's gone out that no one really knows what it means or why they've said it or who is aimed at, and that's a big deal. So it's what do really you think not. the club need to do next, then? Should they say nothing, say anything, explain what this thing is about? I just or? don't think it should be in public. Unless there's something for the public to know, I don't... I don't see. Yeah, I think if you've got a little quarrel, if you feel that way about Oxfox or Kassam or whatever, then contact them. Let them know. Stop going through, you know, the public. That's just a big mystery in this whole statement, isn't it? What was the purpose? What was the point? Daryl has Jem's phone number. If he has any of these questions about what's going on, just surely it did seem very much like the club were issuing the statement because they. We're expecting it hasn't happened, but they're expecting all the fans would be behind them. Mm. So, yeah, because it was sort of like a rallying cry. But it was like, we hope fans will back us, and the, and and this thing you were saying about um, it will affect the playing budget and all that. The I, council was statement me, really, as well. Right? It was like it felt like a threat. Use that as leverage to get mm. everyone yeah. on your side. Yeah, that but the council statement me, as well was yeah, very this, similar. This wasn't an issue three months ago, and now whoa, it is. You know what? Has something happened that we're not being told about? Is like, in which case, Darryl's tell us circumstances that. changed? Oh, yeah. Oh, say, yeah. You know, the, the council statement was pretty much the same. You know, it's not needed. Yeah. You know, feel disappointed. Yeah, I think if we hadn't known that the club had bid for that and then not got it, I don't think anyone would have been any the wiser. But yeah, mm. then releasing a statement saying, we weren't allowed to bid for it, we, which came across, to me anyway, I don't know whether the rest of you feel this way, as slightly sort of presumptuous and that they felt they had an automatic right to run whatever facility the council wanted to build. And again, um, they, they orientated that around money. Around, they, they sort of said, well, it's a vital opportunity for the club to raise a bit of money into exactly. Therefore, actually, we should have it. Yeah, so, but, but the, the council's ultimate responsibility is to the taxpayer, not to the football yes, club. Yes, I want the council to support the football club. Of course I do, I'm, not, I'm an Oxford United fan, but there's an awful lot of taxpayers in Oxford who don't follow oh, football, yeah. and the council cannot just... You know, if they're in any way involved in Oxfox's deal, then that's 
amazing to have a council willing to to do that mm. but um and to allow the football club to bid for things i don't think that it's either they have to 100 percent support the football club or they want football out out of oxford and they hate football um, there's just there's a bit of gray area and i think people and I forget think they called their bluff on that pretty well um, anyway, long story short, we're sort of on everyone's side, but feel a bit sorry for Oxfox in the in the, in the centre of this. Yeah, I think they they've been kind of made out to be a, the bad guys slightly from the same. That was the impression that I got anyway. Yeah. Um, and and I, as a fan, I find that offensive. The 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 club. Mm. And, uh, I'm a yeah. I'm a member of Oxfox. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only the only party in this that you can definitely say with 100% confidence you don't have another agenda is Oxfox because the only reason they exist is to do the best for the club. Yeah. And they're all trying to do that. And and their passion to do that is what has got them further than anyone else has in the last fifteen years joining the stadium. So um yeah, so we're none the wiser. That's, no. that's the outcome of that <laughs> no. twenty um, minute discussion is we don't know. Stop making silly statements. Stop making st silly statements. statements. We do back the board with most things but that statement was a bit was a bit silly. Yeah, I'm, I'm fed up for statements now. Let's, let's not do that. That's okay. my statement. Thank you. The statement next statement date. I would like to hear is that Oxbox has bought the stadium or Daryl has bought the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Someone nice. has bought the They're stadium. They're allowed to make statements then. Yes. Yeah. We, we're going to introduce a statement which will be a new segment of the podcast. Player of the pod. Um, yeah. Yeah, back on a positive. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thing. Um, so a few games in there. We've got a few nominations, if we're going to do it that way. Simon Eastwood for some amazing displays. Um, Hemmings got, has to be in there. Hemmings, Hemmings is in there for Four going. goals in 2017, That's isn't it? More than a team down the A420, yes. isn't it, this year? Um, uh, we've got Hemmings, we've got Circum for, for somehow only being out for eight weeks and is meant to be out for the whole season. Um, Johnson's been fantastic. So we'll, we'll go round, we'll, we'll make a vote and we'll see where people lie. Fraser, let's start with you. I, I would give it to Marvin Johnson. Um, I think when he first replaced, obviously Scars being a major you know, part of the team and a, a fan favourite, I don't admit, in the games that he's he hasn't been in and Johnson's played, I haven't sat there and gone and seriously need Joe Scars here. And I'm not having a go at Joe Scars, but... Sounds like you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a terrible. It balances person. itself out, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I heard don't with suck scars. The other no, thing is with um, with Johnson's pace has got us out of the hole. Yeah. Maybe positionally he's not been great, yeah. but he's got better as he's played with the defence more. But his pace has absolutely well, got us out yeah. of trouble a couple of times and made some great last minute. There was a statement on Radio Oxford which was um, a, a left winger playing at left back and a right winger playing at right back is the championship way of playing. And actually, if and when we do go up, that's what we'll look to do and that's when it will be more well, threatening. Going back to like 1950s history. football of playing two, like four, five or whatever, that doesn't <laughs> add up, that's wrong. Two, uh, three, four, two, two, three, five, and having outside, right, left, but kind of who play the entire length yeah. of the pitch. I, I think Except I, now it's non-contact. And so. I think he's 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 higher than this level his ability because um, for so long in it, sort of you know in the conference and the two years you constantly watched Oxford and thought I wish we had some players who could act a lot quicker than they do and make decisions quicker and 
and they often say the difference between the players who end up at the top level and the ones who don't, and the ones who can see the game and and who who don't take four touches to make a decision or something. His his setup for Hemmings' goal at Rotherham when Lundstrom played that ball out to him, he didn't take a touch. Yeah, he just he, and you, you saw it and he thought, oh, because and yeah, I'm not going to go Oxford. I'm, I'm I'm an Oxford fan, but. When that ball was onto him, I thought he's going to take two touches here, three people going to get back in the box, and and he just landed it into the box perfectly first time. He just thought, "Wow, we did one of those things that, that <laughs> we did a yeah, football, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it went in." And, you know, and, um, but yeah, also, Lundstrom's pass around was it? Yeah, yeah. 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 that it whole was move a was beautiful. beautiful yeah. like, this Oxford United team goal, wasn't it? It was a Lundstrom yeah. brilliant ball out. And that was my last season. I liked an it. overlapping full-back to whip across into the centre-forward who we've been crying out for to, you know, how many, well, 10 years we've been saying, I yeah. want a centre-forward who does nothing yeah. but put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And we get one and we don't whip balls into him. And then we do, and he's yeah. Johnny on the spot. And what I loved is also that Johnson didn't really, when he was in his interview, he was asked about it, he didn't really think there was anything that bizarre about that. Whereas, as, <laughs> as Oxford fans, we were all like, no, that was a great cross and all that, but he just thought it was pretty textbook. Yeah, which, that's, you know, that's what I meant to I be. thought, oh, we've got, we've got decent players at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Still people going, it's so not So I'm, I'm saying Marvin Johnson because he's a decent player. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, get me a Twitter account. <laughs> Matt, um, who do you vote for? Well, I, I would have been tempted to go for Marvin Johnson, but my policy is normally to never agree with Fraser. <laughs> I think many no. of our followers on Twitter agree with that. So. <laughs> um, I'll, I'm going to Kane Hemmings because he seems to, you know, well, he, he's got a hat trick, and I bloody love hat tricks. This is something nice about number three. A hat trick against top of the league, or exactly in a, in a, in, a, in a big important competition that I love. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Very close to our <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liam, Liam too. Yeah, what Fraser said, the things that he said, and um, for the reasons. Okay, cool. Two-one. <laughs> Next footballing knowledge there from Liam too. Cyborg Circum, um, because yes, he hasn't massively done anything in the performance. Although you could say that his cameo sort of changed the game it, and changed yeah, how we to. played. Um, but and, just, and Appleton's reason and, for bringing him on, just put him on the right because he, as a central midfielder, will drift inside and that will mess up the fullback. That's incredible. And by extension of Circum, all of the backroom staff involved in getting him fit. Because yes. that is, you know, as long as he doesn't break down in the next two days, and then I'm totally going to regret saying yeah, this. And if we've got time, that. we can edit this out. But that's, it's an amazing feat. So, yep. well cool. done him. Simon Eastwood, because I think he's been our most consistent player. I think he's saved us so many points. He's won us more points than anybody else this season. And if you look at the actual mistakes he's made, you could count them on one hand for the entire season. Are we so, doing the whole season or just so since the last podcast? Since the last pod. But, but this know. is the first time we've done it. So. But yeah. so, yeah, um, I've gone circum now. I wonder if I went to say Eastwood. I'm, I'm a player behind who I'm meant to be talking about. Eastwood probably has been the player of the season as well. Yeah, yeah that's far, certainly. Um, I'm going to go against the nominations and say um, Ledson. I think he's been great. I just think his general performance so, is... So our majority vote when we've gone for... A, is, oh, is no, for two, no, it's going to be... It's going to be, be Marvin Johnson. We've got a Johnson love in here. Uh, so well done, Marvin Johnson. I'm sure you listen to the podcast as well. Um, you are... Hi, Marvin. Our player of Actually, the I'm going to put another nomination there. Oh, oh, too late now. We've already got a winner. We've lost, but who do you want to be another loser? 
you. <laughs> thank, thank for you. your selfies before the match. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyone who does follow me on Twitter <laughs> will see that I put a few player I'm selfies. I'm so up glad with you me. phrased it the way you did. The yeah. Venn diagram of people who follow you on Twitter and people who listen to this podcast is probably Tim Walker. Uh, yeah. Hi Tim. Hi Tim. Hi Tim. Hi, Tim. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone else who's who's listening, do Ooh, follow me. Say hi to Tim. Hi Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Cool, so well done, Marvin Johnson. So, game's coming up. We've got Rochdale next. Uh, great run of form. In fact, their season's been great, except for one game they played quite well and managed to lose it to us. I don't really know how that happened, but I'm still happy with it. Um, that'll be a tough one. We've then got an FA Cup game um, against either Newcastle or Birmingham, but we may know this. Are we talking about that, Gordon? The FA Cup? No, yeah, we can mention the, the FA Cup, that's we, kind of a good no, one. No, the tournament you left out which happens before the FA Cup. Uh, no, we're not talking about that. Evidently not. Okay. okay. <laughs> Don't know who we're playing in that one yet, do we? Yeah. No. Bradford or Cheltenham. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, no. Inspiring draw <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah. Uh, and then we're obviously playing on the fifth. We all want Newcastle, though, right? Yes. Birmingham's oh, absolutely. Oh, we played them already. Yeah, I spoke to a Birmingham sport yesterday. So they don't want to lose to us twice in a season either. So well, that's another thing. Newcastle. I think you play Newcastle, there's a chance they could underestimate us. Birmingham, they're not going to do moment, it a second they've only got time. Sixteen fit players, haven't they? Newcastle. Yeah, but those sixteen players are worth. More than One our entire city, and it will be the end of yeah. it be the end of January by the time they play us as well. Right, and then we're playing on the fifth of February. Um, yeah, get your pounds ready for the the jar. Yep. Um, looking forward to that one. Then the MK Dons, and then Phil Brown returns to the Casal Stadium. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't don't enjoy that game ever. Um, so it, we did. Um, three games last time. Let's let's just focus on the three games we can earn points from and go Rochdale, <coughs> um, the county ground Not. team, um, and the MK Dons. How many how many points do we reckon we'll get from that? Um, Paul, let's start with you. Um, I reckon this is I a collective six. Six. Yeah. Oh. Are we Which one do we them? lose? I think we'll lose some Rochdale. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll take that. I'll go three. I was going with six, and I think Rochdale yeah, could, could be a toughie as well. Yeah, I was going to say Yeah, I'm also going to say six. Well, <laughs> That's I, going with four. I was going to say exactly the same as what all these guys said, but I don't think I'm allowed to say anything other than four. And actually, maybe I shouldn't say anything other than four. Where would we drop points if you're going with four? If I'm going to go with four... We are going to draw against MK Dons and lose to Rochdale. Yay! There we go. Well, the oh, I don't think I've ever cheered Oxford losing. Like, <laughs> yes! Four points! I would Come have on. gone against Scunthorpe. I was sat there looking miserable. <laughs> and my girlfriend was going, what's wrong? I was like, Oxford are winning. <laughs> he was like, yay, but... Oh. Um, so anyway, four points, Matt. Yeah. What did you say, Fraser? Six. Six. Um, I'm going to go seven. I'm going to be positive. I will say that we'll draw against uh, Rochdale, though. And I really hope that all of us are right about oh, the following We've totally game. just jinxed that middle game, haven't we? Nah, well, we'll... we'll it's see. impossible to jinx that game. We've discovered that. Basically, if their keeper hasn't left in that time, <laughs> the game is ours. 
Uh, right, so before I close off, um, I'm sure everyone's wondering how um, my show went. It was very good. Um, but I've also been nominated for an award in a different show I did. So if you're listening to this and you would like to vote for Liam Wakeford, um, please go on to curtainupsouth.org.hall hyphen of hyphen that, uh, fame. That sound effect of... Uh, and uh, yeah, find out how to vote. My name's Liam Wakeford. I was in a show called The River. Unfortunately, they put Liam Wakefield, but I'm sure all votes will count. Oh, God, I think I'm for Liam Wakefield. Sorry. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Fraser, take that out. Shameless plug. Yeah, yeah, why not? Are you, are you ready, are you ready, Fraser? Yep, yeah, I'm ready, mate. Uh, hello, uh, Fraser, were you at the game today? Hello. Hello, Fraser, were you at the hey, game today? Speak not work, hang on. Hello, hello. Hello, Fraser, were you at the game today? Yes, I were, no, I, I, well, I didn't have time to go to the game, no. But I, I've got a few issues, Jerome. If you get, if you give me two seconds, I want to just cover up a few things. All okay. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm not happy about the way Wilder's got us playing. Um, it's been an issue for about two months now, and I'm I'm not happy about it, mate. Uh, what what is it in particular? Um... Well, for me, if I'm being honest, truthishly, we ain't not got no midfielders in the midfield. Where we have got midfielders seems to be. Wherever the midfielders aren't meant to be midfielding. And that's my main issue with the whole issue of things. That's uh, well, my problem, mate. And, you know, he ain't got no plan. Where's the plan? He ain't got, he ain't got, no, plan, he ain't got no plan B. All I hear about is, you know, the plan A. Uh, well, what would you like to see, Fraser? What I want to see is, I think we need um, three flat back fours and basically two forwards. And that, that would do us, I think. Fine. Um, uh, and so that's what you'll be going for in the transfer window? Yeah, well, we need a, tw- we need a 20 goal season, man. I said this last time, if he was listening. We need a 20 goal season, man. That's what we need. We've always needed that. We, we ain't got nowhere near that. Who's scoring goals in a team, you tell me? Well, we've got a player on 11 and a player on 12 um, so far. Yeah, what's that, though? That's not 20 goals. <laughs> I said 20 goals a season. Okay, thank you for your points, Fraser. Well, that's all um, right, mate. Th- thank you, and uh, do you call us again. I will. <laughs> Okay, so thank you very much for listening. We'll be back um, at some point around the South End game, which we're all looking forward to greatly. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's goodbye from us. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.